So before I became a priest, I was making documentaries and my film partner and I once got invited to one of those high-end film markets where producers, little producers like us would pitch our works in progress to big networks and cable outlets. And one of the side benefits of these markets was getting to know or reuniting with colleagues and finding out what films they were working on. And our name tags at this particular market all had the working titles of our films in really big print. And then our names below in little tinier print. So our introductions would always include the film and a one-liner or elevator pitch like on invisible wings, finding meaning while living with lupus or beneath the trees, rebuilding community after Rwandan genocide. And by lunchtime that first day when our little documentary producer heads were swimming after pitching funder after funder after funder with our one-liners and as filmmakers started introducing ourselves to each other with our name and the, just the topic. So like, hi, I'm so-and-so, deforestation. Hey, I'm police violence. We, we started dropping even our names, malliteracy, drone warfare. And us, my film partner and I would say, hi, we're sexual predators. At this point, the conversation would stop like we'd won world horror bingo. Afterwards, a couple days later, my partner was telling her mom about our film and about this market and how incredibly exciting it was to meet all these creative people who were tackling really big issues of the day. I have people, these compatriots who really cared about changing the world. And her mom sighed and said, oh, sweetheart, can't you just make a film about rainbows and flowers someday? Rainbows and flowers. We have those, and then we have the horse of the world. And this is actually the coexistence, the tension that's at the heart of our human experience with pure beauty and goodness, and then profound pain and suffering. It's the glory of God's creation, and then all the ways, the many ways us creatures of God can make a big mess of it, can wreak such harm. And here we are at the beginning of Lent, and we get to hear the great story, Noah, the Noah's story of God placing a rainbow up in the sky after the flood, and God promising Noah that God will never cut off relationship with humanity and all the creatures of the earth. And this rainbow promise is more than a promise. It is what God calls a covenant. And in ancient times, a covenant was understood to be a legally binding agreement, something totally immutable. And covenants would establish the terms of a new relationship. Usually each party would make a commitment to each other. So I will do X and you will do Y. And that's our agreement. That's our new relationship. And what's really interesting in this story of the end of the flood is that God's in God's covenant, 
God is the only one that makes a commitment to do something. Nothing is actually required of Noah, Noah's wife, Noah's descend their descendants, and all future generations. God establishes a covenant with humanity and the earth that binds us together in what God does, and what God alone does. That God, God alone will not destroy all flesh. And the rainbow that God puts up in the sky is to be a sign of this everlasting covenant. But how many of us notice that this sign is beautiful, a blessing as it is, is actually a sign that says, I'm there, or that God says, is there to remind God of the covenant. It doesn't say to remind you or us of the covenant. Kind of like a string around God's finger with this gorgeous God tattoo in the sky. The sign declares that no matter how far humanity strays, no matter how much we act in ways that grieve God, God will always be faithful to humans and the earth. That faithfulness is here to stay. Now the flood was triggered when God saw in scripture's words that the wickedness of humankind was great in the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. So in the flood, the flood is a reaction to God's grief over this corruption, this corruption of all the goodness that God had made. And the solution, reboot, start anew. Take Noah, the family, remnants of creatures, and start over. But what we see at the end of the 40 days and nights of flooding is perhaps God grieving over that decision to send a flood. In early scriptures, early Genesis, we have God who is tremendously emotional, very passionate. So after this flood, hello rainbow, hello covenant made by God, knowing that humans have wills that will stray, knowing that our hearts resist God's ways, knowing that we're still inclined towards evil. And knowing all this, knowing that the purity of creation will always struggle with corruption, God still binds God's self to all of humanity in the earth and says, never again, there will not be another reboot. Instead, God will be faithful to us no matter what. And if we doubt that faith, just look at the rainbow, which is God's reminder to God's self that God will be faithful. And we need to be mindful in this promise that the us that God is faithful to doesn't mean exclusively each and one of us as individuals. The us is collective, all of humanity, all of the earth. The rainbow's arc encompasses all of creation and all the horrors that we humans have generated, all those documentary topics. For this is our world. This is what we struggle with today. In this place, 
the rainbow and all the challenges of this world. This place is where we are rooted when we begin Lent. We are creatures who are prone to do violence to one another. We've created systems of degradation in our society. We delude ourselves about our own complicity in these ways of being. So we are in the traditional language, sinful. We walk away from God. We're disloyal to God and God's ways. And yet God's loyalty to us in this turning away knows no bounds. Our invitation in Lent is to look as honestly as God does at how we both individually and especially collectively stray. Where are we tempted to act contrary to God's will? What's behind that temptation? What keeps us from living into God's faithfulness to us? And then, or, and also, how do we become faithful to God? How do we grow into God's love? Unless any of us ever think that we're alone, that God has abandoned us, abandoned you, abandoned our society or all of creation, we have that covenant, the rainbow of God's binding commitment to never abandon or destroy us. Our Lenten walk is a humble walk. It's a walk of honesty. It's a walk to the cross. No matter how tough the floods of life, no matter how awful the challenges of the world, we have hope. We know there's a rainbow. We know there will be a new tomorrow. There will be Easter and there will be new life. Amen.